Welcome to the Insider's Edge podcast here on the WZWA Network. I'm your host with the most on the West Coast, California in Fury. What a joy, honor, and privilege to be with you all once again. And speaking of a joy, honor, and privilege right here, right now, I get to talk to one of the voices of XPW Extreme Pro Wrestling. He is the one. He is the only. He is Mr. Larry Rivera. How are you, sir? Chico, it's a pleasure to be with you, Mr. California. Uh, it, 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 it's great, man. Uh, I'm glad to, glad to be with you, man. Uh, like uh, we were speaking earlier, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's hard to conceive that uh, XPW has fans down under. But, uh, hey, you know, it's, it's, it's all over the world, man. All over the world, XPW going extreme (laughs) (laughs) that's it bro and you know what the funniest thing is i only found out yesterday that the larry rivera voice was was a work i thought right i thought that was your actual voice until yesterday well you know uh if i mean just to give you a, a quick rundown my my parents were born in cuba so uh you know, when we were kids, I, I have a younger brother and and all we would do all day is take the piss out of our parents, you know, make because they had real thick accents. So uh, they'd always speak to us in Spanish and and we'd insist on on replying in English. So they were eventually forced to speak English back and it turned into, you know, it was. <laughs> If, if you could just see me and my brother running around, you know, for hours at a time, Jake, what are you, you know, what's the matter with you, man? Get, get, you know, <laughs> you know th- so that, that's, that's where that came from. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, it's hard to maintain uh, the accent <laughs> for an hour plus uh, <laughs> when you're doing interviews and when you're trying to explain the, uh, the origin and the, the the history of the character and stuff like that, but uh, you know, it's 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 also uh, kind of cool to know that people think it's for real. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sold me, that's for sure. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, awesome, bro. Um, well, the, usually the first question on the show here is. Uh, when you were a young man, before you got into the wrestling business, how did you become a fan of professional wrestling? Well, um, for me, it was, uh, you know, a lot of kids, they come across wrestling, the first place they see it is on TV. And uh, it's almost kind of similar to your story with XPW, where you you didn't see it first. My first exposure to pro wrestling was sitting outside of my uh, Catholic uh, elementary school waiting for for my my father to pick me up to take me home I would I, this was 1969 so I was you know five six 
just about turned six years old and I heard these these two older kids they were like in fifth or sixth grade and they were talking they were talking anime you know real excitedly about uh, a tv show that they had seen and and one guy was talking about Dr. Death and, and uh, another guy you know was mentioning Freddie Blassie and 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 these names and the way they were they were talking about it they were so excited and and the one guy says yeah well it's on tonight at, at eight o'clock and so I made sure to go home that night and and turn on channel I think at the time it was channel five eight o'clock and Dick Lane and you know all these these different cats Fred Blassie probably the greatest heel that ever lived in uh in the history of LA wrestling arguably the great the great golden Greek John Tolis uh not to be confused with the golden Greek that the Australians know Spiros Arion uh <laughs> but uh John Tolis so yeah it it uh, it started in the schoolyard but eventually I I I watched on TV and uh that the shows emanated from the world famous Olympic Auditorium, as you know, here in downtown Los Angeles. And uh, one of the great, great uh, promotions from, you know, the, the, the early 60s through up until the end, 1982. So, uh, but that's, that's how I got exposed to this, this great sport. Excellent, bro. Um, I, I wanted to kind of uh, just move away from wrestling just for a minute here, because I know that you've had quite a successful music career as well. And there might be some people out there that aren't quite aware of of that, um, that fact that you, you actually uh, have been playing um, in, you know, uh, in a band for quite some time. So could you, uh, you know, just tell us a little bit about uh, your music career? Uh, yeah, well, uh started playing in bands around 1983 uh right right around right after the the uh, labelle wrestling tour territory died ironically uh first real band first major band that i played with this uh punk band uh with the not so politically correct name uh the nip drivers uh but uh, that that you know that was the first major band that that I was involved with and uh, all through the years, you know, played with different, uh, different groups down by law with Dave Smalley. Uh, that was around, you know, the early nineties. Uh, and then around that time as well, uh, co-founded a band with a high school friend of mine. And, and that band has gone on to uh, uh, big things as uh, the Brujeria. Uh, we're about to go on tour right now. I've, I'm no longer a touring member, but uh, I'm still involved in production and, and uh, songwriting, recording and things like that. But uh, the road, the back, the back can't handle the road, brother. Chico, <laughs> it's too, too, too much, man. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, you know, that that I'm proud of, of that band, uh, Brujeria. They're, they're, like I said, they're about to go uh do mexican tour uh tour of mexico and then uh some u.s dates uh in late april and may and uh they may be heading your way uh summertime or your winter time so uh 
we'll we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm really proud of that, and uh, you know, I'm I'm continuing to do stuff at home. You know, the pandemic has spurred on the the, the great home recording revolution, so I've been a part of that. Uh, you know, playing playing bass for for people's songs from all the way from Chile to to Holland. Uh, you know, it's a lot of fun, man. So, yeah. absolutely. Well, well, thank you for for uh, you know uh, giving us a little bit of a rundown there of of, of your. Uh, I, I didn't want to kind of skim past that because it's obviously quite a big part of your life, and right, I, I, right. I uh, I just thought it was important to bring it up. Well, I, um, yeah, appreciate it because yeah, not a lot of folks uh, go down that road, but it's uh, that like you said, it's a big part of of who I am. So. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. for anyone out there in when this goes on YouTube, just look in the description there, you'll be able to check out Brujeria. Uh, and I'll have all the links there. <laughs> cool. uh, so okay, um, so that's one part of your life is music, but wrestling is a part of your life as well. And I tried to do as much research as I could, but I couldn't find out anything. Uh, if you were involved in wrestling before uh, XPW, uh, so if you could um, let me know, D did you have any experience in wrestling before uh, your time with the company? Uh, well, you know, as a fan, uh, I, I started going uh, to shows in 1975, again, at the, the world famous Olympic Auditorium, and uh, actually would bring a camera with me and... Um, I, I managed to get qu quite a few cool shots, you know, of, of guys throughout the, you know, guys like Roddy Piper, uh, whose career started here in LA, basically. Uh, and his uh, arch nemesis, Chavo Guerrero Sr. Uh, during their feud. So I got, got shots of that. Uh, so, you know, I was involved in, uh, from a photography uh uh, point of view and up to where I'm thinking about doing uh, maybe putting out a little mini photo book uh, of stuff and then uh, I didn't get really involved in like in ring stuff till um, Johnny Legend uh, who's, uh, who's I think he's well known down down in Australia as well you know the famous rockabilly rebel uh, Johnny Legend uh, put together incredibly strange wrestling um and started doing you know basically it was a wacky indie wrestling promotion and he would do shows mainly in the hollywood area but uh you know really wacky stuff you know burrito burrito on a pole match uh you know and and that's in fact that's where i met uh kid chaos at the time and uh supreme they started working uh uh, shows for Johnny Legend. So I got involved there doing some refereeing. And uh, eventually that's where the, the Larry Rivera uh, character came on as a commentator, uh, officially debuted in San Francisco uh, at the uh, Paradise Lounge with, with Ron Head. I don't know if you're, you're familiar with Ron Head. He's uh, uh, another great commentator, wrestling personality uh based in the south right now uh he was in the in the car uh with jim Cornette during the famous uh 
I believe, uh, drive-through. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Dairy Queen incident. Or, or that, yes. So Ron <laughs> Head was in, was in the car. But, uh, it, you know, so that that's, I recall, being my first uh, thing as, as, uh, as Rivera it, with the uh, incredibly strange wrestling. So, yeah, thanks to Johnny Legend uh, that, that got my way in the door. And it uh, eventually led to bigger things, as you well know. Of course, of course. And, uh, yeah. you know, before we move on, I just wanted to ask, how was the name Larry Rivera? Uh, how did you come up with that name? That's, uh, well, uh, one of the guys that was involved uh, with the Incredibly Strange Wrestling uh, group and uh, outside of that was starting to, uh, do shows as well, help out with other independent shows. His name was Larry Doyle, and he was part of a, a crew that we called the Lucha Mafia, included uh, Larry Doyle, myself, da uh, guys like Dan Farron, uh, Kurt Brown, aka Vandal Drummond, uh, and uh, we were just, you know, cool, uh, uh, a tight group of pals. And unfortunately, uh, Larry Doyle uh, passed away. Uh, and so I took, I took Larry, you know, as a tribute to him. And the Rivera comes from the great Victor Rivera, who's uh, a popular wrestler in, uh, in New York, working for, for the McMahons, uh, you know, from the late 60s, the early 70s. And he was really popular here as well. Uh, in LA, in fact, uh, there's a famous, uh, some famous photos, you look them up, you know, John Tolis took a two by four to him on live TV, busted them open and Dr. Bernhard Schwartz stitched them up on live TV. Uh, so Victor, Victor Rivera, that, so you got Larry Doyle and Victor Rivera put them together. Victor Rivera, yeah, very, very nice, cool. I just, I like to know where the origin of everyone's name comes from, right? So that's cool to know. Uh, and now it's uh, time for me to bring up XPW. Uh, so you, you, you're a part of Incredibly Strange Wrestling. You're, you're doing that. Uh, obviously, you're friends with Kid Chaos, etc. Uh, how right. did you come to be a part of XPW? PW, what was the uh, you know situation where you were brought aboard? Uh, well, um, so uh, I you know as part of that whole circle, that whole group of wrestling, you know, there's also the circle of of music uh, people that I still revolved around. In fact, those were two two worlds that sort of uh, intermingled, not as much as they do now, but back then you know, there was still some, some of that intermingling. And uh, I knew a guy, Josh Lazy, uh, who, who was the bass player for, for Danzig. And uh, he was friends with Rob Black. And he was talking about, um, you know, this, this, this guy, I know Rob Black's putting this, this group together. He's got a lot of the guys from, uh, Southern California Championship Wrestling, which was being run by Kevin Kleinrock and some of the Slammers guys were involved with that. So I kind of knew, you know, what, you know, half of the names he was talking about. And he says, we're, we're looking for some, 
some talent behind the microphone, some some commentators. And uh, do you do you know anybody you'd be interested interested? I said, well, I, I, you know, got this wacky character that's kind of based on Victor Rivera. It's you know Larry Rivera's got the heavy accent. You know, let me let me put together a little tape, and I just got a you know a match and did a you know some some voiceover commentary and send it on over to them. And I thought, uh, you know, okay, that's, that'll be it. I'll, I'll never hear from them again. And, and soon, sure enough, Lazy gets back to me and says, hey man, uh, Rob wants to meet you, come into the office. So I came into the office, met all the boys, uh, met Chris Kloss. And uh, they said, well, heck man, let's, let's try it. Let's do, uh, you know, let's try it out. Let's see how it works. And if you notice like the first couple of episodes, you know, the, the, the chemistry between me and Klaus is kind of stiff. You know, we, we're still getting to know each other, but after, you know, about 10 episodes or so, I think we, we started to get rolling and uh, the famous uh, Laurel and Hardy team was uh, together. <laughs> <laughs> to the two stooges. You know. <laughs> excellent yeah. bro um so I, I have to ask this one uh because you know he's a pretty interesting guy what were your first impressions of rob black when uh you know you, you first met him well I, I the the only uh background i had about him was the you know the porn <laughs> uh the extreme associates porn i you know i wasn't much of a of a porn fan to begin with but I, I, you know, again, the whole music uh, thing, you know, revolving, you hear these stories and I would, I would read and there was like some magazine articles about the, the, the company and how, how extreme the, uh, <clears throat> the product actually was. So I said, well, you know, this is, uh, uh, I guess a trailblazing guy in that industry. Let's see what he can do in in uh, in, in in pro wrestling. And uh, I mean, he, he he didn't seem to be a fan like I was from you know particularly of the of the late '60s and and '70s stuff. But he was definitely a fan of the of the newer the, you know the newer product, the the WCW and the and the WWF and stuff. So. I mean, his his heart was in the right place. Uh, so, and he and he had the, the roster together. So, you know, I mean, I I, I wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like he was some sort of a wacky personality or something. I just said, hey, this you know, this guy's ready to rock and roll. He's got a company here. He's got a, a good group of guys. So, let's see what I can uh, contribute to uh, to <clears throat> to get this off the ground. Awesome, yeah. bro. Um, next person I want to ask about your first impressions of, obviously, the guy that you worked closest with there, Chris Kloss. Uh, you, you mentioned that, you know, the, the uh, chemistry took a while to build up, but, you know, um, how was the relationship early on with him? And uh, it, was, you know. uh, it, it, it was it was good, uh, particularly, you know, uh, knowing that he's a, Chris Kloss is a huge Scorpions fan. So, uh, <laughs> We, we, you know, that, that helped us get up on, on the right, because I'm, 
I wouldn't say I'm a huge Scorpions fan, but I'm saying I'm a pretty big Scorpions fan. Uh, enough to, to own uh, the OG Tokyo tapes on vinyl. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Chris, Chris is a great guy. He's, he's a cool guy, you know. Even back then, he was he was real, he was real open arms and welcoming. And you know, I actually looking back, I think I was the one that was a little, uh, you know, skeptic, skeptical about everything. You know, like knowing not how, not knowing how things are going to progress. So I was always kind of guarded and and uh, not not letting myself to be exposed too much but then you know after a while i i i you know opened up and and let uh you know let let the insides <laughs> come out so to speak i don't know if i'm i'm phrasing it right but uh you know i i i, I was more open and uh in, interacting with people so it was it was uh and 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 class had a lot to do with that because it was you know his his gregarious personality, you know, he, he, he made it easy. Yeah. I would think so. He's, he's really good at his job. Um, yes. And uh, I wanted to really dig into this uh, commentary thing that you, you guys were doing together. Cause I just want to know like how it worked with XPW. I've had uh, Scott Hudson from WCW on the show before. So I've learned a bit about how WCW did their thing, but um, did you guys do a lot of your commentary in post-production or did you get to do it live in the arena? We, or yeah, maybe a hundred, a hundred percent post-production. And, and that was, uh, that was something that I kind of fought against uh, in the beginning. I, I like, I really wanted to do live, live commentary because, you know, uh, there's certain emotions certain expressions that can only happen when you're seeing something live. Uh, but that being said, <clears throat> I grew accustomed to the post-production uh, uh, way of doing things. And like I said, it was a, it was a hundred percent. It was all post-production. Uh, now a, a key person that is often uh, neglected and not mentioned and was part of that that formula of making that so good was Johnny Webb, White Trash Johnny Webb. He was the uh, he was the editor. He was uh, the basically the editor of the of the TV show, and so we'd have to go in a room, myself and Klaus and 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 uh, Johnny Webb, and it would just be the three of us, and we would just go, we would just go, and 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 there was times where we'd stop you know, have to back up. Okay, let's do this. Let's try that. Uh, Johnny Webb was also great because he would suggest, you know, why don't you say this? Why don't you say that? He, he, he had a, 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 a witty mind. So uh, it, it, uh, it was, it was, it was almost like the, the, the camera stuff at first, it was rough, but after six or seven, eight shows, you know, we got into a groove and knew what we had to do. And, you know, uh, Klaus would like give me cues, you know, it would be a verbal cue as to like, okay, this is my, my turn to come in. And it got to a point where it got really 
natural where we didn't even have to think about it. So. Wow. Okay. So it was all yeah. in post-production. I, I, all, all post. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Cause I, you know, I would think for, for if, if, if I was asked to, to, to become a commentator, I would think, gosh, it, uh, to, to get that reaction as something is actually happening rather than uh, uh, seeing footage that, um, you know, after the fact, uh, you know, would you, would you go into watching a show uh, having not knowing what is going to take place, try to keep away from what actually took place on the show, um, or did you already know ahead of time what you were about to see? Um, it was, you know, we were so involved with everything that was going on. It was it was very difficult to shield yourself from <laughs> right. from whatever was happening because you know either through the phone. I mean, back then there was, there was internet, but it wasn't like the, the power internet that is today. You're still making calls and, and, you know, sending letters or stuff through the mail. So, uh, you know, uh, I forgot. I, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's all right. I was just talking about, um, you know, seeing the, the footage live or or, uh, or um, knowing what was happening ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was it was hard to, you know, because we we would know some of the storylines, how they were going to culminate, you know, okay. a month, a month or two months down down the line. Like, uh, I don't know if you watched the AEW uh pay-per-view yesterday yeah the the like that that the the mjf story with the wardlow with the ring yes you know that was great the, the way they you know they, they they thought that out way in advance and and so so stuff like that would happen in xpw and it was almost impossible to to shield to shield <laughs> your stuff from what was going on yeah <laughs> No, fair enough. Uh, and you know, yeah. this is just me being nerdy and wanting to know all the ins and outs. Uh, uh, a show takes place. How long after that show taking place uh, does the commentary get recorded? Typically, um, it would be typically one, you know, not that week, but probably, so I, I would say maybe 10 days after the show took place. We would do. Uh, we would start to do the commentary, and then on the shows, depending on the length of the matches, you would get maybe two or three matches per show. But then again, who knows what was going on? You know, if it was a Rocco and Jocko episode, you wouldn't get any matches. I don't know if you remember that period. There was there was the the period there were where there was zero, almost zero wrestling, and just Rocco and Jocko. So. Yeah, uh, actually, a <laughs> friend of mine asked me, um, it's a question that I had later on, but uh, he asked what was going on during the time um, that you were filming content for the for the TV shows, but it, it, there weren't any matches. Um, no, I mean, basically, we, you know, um, we would have a, a weekly schedule. Uh, we would typically go in on a Wednesday evening. And uh, 
it would eventually turn into Thursday morning, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> Rock, Kevin Kleinrock and Rob Black would be in, in the black office ironing out the script and rewrites this, papers flying. And <laughs> sometimes we wouldn't get started till, you know, 1230, 1 a.m. Right. Uh, like actually shooting the the wraparounds we had already you know we'd go in at at seven or eight and do the 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 commentary but then we'd have to do the wraparounds and that's that the, sometimes those were torture like i said because we were, were there you know two in the morning doing these these uh wraparounds and uh but it was you know it was rob black and and kevin kleinrock putting it all together and uh it was uh it was it, it was a good time but yeah it was i would say 10 10 days tops from from the show we would start maybe you know and there were some rare occasions where it would be the following wednesday but not often it'd be a, a saturday show and then wednesday we would start doing the but because they would need time to to uh, edit all the the, the matches you know. uh, okay of course yeah fair enough yeah, yeah. um I, I have to ask this one because uh on the there was like a, the dark side of the ring episode on xpw came out and I, I can't remember who it was but they had a couple of funny stories about like some of the porn stars being around you know walking around naked uh you know in the office and all that do, do you have any funny stories of 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 any interactions with them dude i am i am lucky enough to where I was only there on Wednesday night. I was never there during the day. I never saw any dudes, you know, playing with themselves, talking to secretaries. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't see any of that. Uh, thank God, man. You know, I was there on Wednesday nights. Uh, and, you know, by that time, everybody was gone. Uh, you know, it'd be, it'd be Klein Rock, it'd be uh, Rob Black, maybe a couple other people, you know, if there were porn people there, they were working, you know, editing stuff, but no, I never, I never, thank, thank the Lord. I never saw, <laughs> never, never saw any of that. And it was never privy, uh, <laughs> you know, who knows, had I, had I seen it, who knows how long I'd, I'd, I'd have stayed, but uh, yeah, never, yeah, never, never saw it. Yeah, man. <laughs> Thank God for that. Um, right. Uh, I, I have to ask about this one. I, I, I thought you would have been in the arena live for this. So this must have been interesting uh, doing the call for this moment in XPW history uh, in post-production. February 23rd, 2002, XPW free fall at the Grand Olympic Auditorium. Uh, New Jack and Vic Grimes obviously quite a, an infamous moment in wrestling history from your perspective, you know, uh, as a commentator, is this the, one of the craziest things you ever saw? How do you go about reacting to something like this? It, it, it was really quite, quite a confronting scene. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's correct that. I was already gone by that. Oh, really? You were? Yeah, okay. My right, bad. Right. I was gone by that time. Uh, I'm trying to think what the the major show because there was a major show that was coming up right when I when I left. Um, 
and I can't I can't remember what it is. But yeah, I was I was long gone, but I you know I was still a fan and still watching the show. So you know I I was uh, I was aware of what happened and just thinking you know that's just, dude. Can you imagine if 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 you would have died? Let's say he just oh he dies, yeah. you know, he breaks his neck coming down like you know, and. Uh, who you know that's it that's it that's the end that's the end of the company and the, the, this done so god that was uh, yeah that was a mind blower man you know uh when new jack says you gotta go you gotta go man. You, gotta, <laughs> you can't hesitate you gotta go yeah and, although i did i did have uh uh, interactions with uh, New Jack after I left XPW when I was uh, doing stuff with the Epic. I don't know if you remember Epic Pro, Epic Pro Wrestling, and and New Jack was there for a few shows, so I got to got to know them in there pretty well uh, <laughs> as well. You know, but you know, not as. And, and in fact, when he was at XPW, I never really had a chance to to hang out with him because he would just be in and out. But uh, at Epic, it was it was fun. It had some some good times. New Jack, rest in peace. Yes, sir. Absolutely, bro. I had him on the show last, uh, well, geez, not last year, maybe the year before that. Uh, so, yes, may he rest in peace. Um, okay, uh, so, yeah, this is, this is tough because, uh, as I said to you earlier, um, I did as much research as I could, but I, I just couldn't find out specific dates of when you, you started, when you finished up um, with XPW. Um, right. Um, I wanted to ask about uh, if you were around or or if what you've heard about the incident at ECW Heatwave 2000, um, if you w- happened to be there, if you weren't, if you- oh yeah, no, that that's that's when I I was still there for that. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> and um, you know, again, the, the, uh, just the fact that heat wave was happening in the in the building that I I grew up watching the greats like Piper and Chavo and Tolis and Blasi. Um, I said, I got to go to this, you know? So, I mean, and, and I didn't really uh, make it known cause I was, you know, working for XPW and, and I knew of Rob's uh, uh, antagonistic relationship with Paul, Paul Lee at the time. So I didn't want to trumpet the fact that I was, you know but I already bought tickets for, for the heat wave. And then, uh, I walked in to do the TV show one night and, and, and uh, you know, I think Chris Kloss is saying, yeah, bro, Rob bought tickets for, for everyone in the front row. And uh, I said, well, no, man, that's, that's cool. But, you know, I already got, I already got some seats. I'm going with uh, Eric Caden from Hollywood Book and Poster. So we'll see you guys down there. <laughs> and, and uh, my, my seats, you know, me and Eric, we sat uh, right, uh, basically op- on the opposite side. So we can see right, we're looking right. We could see that first row. And uh, <laughs> the, 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 the minute they, they turn the shirts around, uh, 
and uh, you know, Kid Chaos is, is doing the X, turning around to you know to the hard camera. Oh man, that's uh, th that's the iconic scene that from my mind of that is 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 Chaos doing that, and and then they get filed out, and then somebody you know one of the guys come i saw him in the, the the auditorium he says hey somebody's getting their ass beat outside i said what what are you talking about you know and he says yeah the, the ring crew it's the ring crew guys are getting getting beat up and then i said what are, you know and at that time i've been in that building so much i knew i knew how to get around you know it's kind of like a rat's maze but i knew how to get in and how to get out and right before the main event, I, I said, you know what, I think I'm going to, I'm going to bail. <laughs> so I, I told uh, Eric, you know, the guy I went with, uh, the, the late, great Eric Caden of Hollywood Book and Poster. Uh, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving, man. Just, just, uh, just for, for my own sanity, I'll, I'm going to bail. I'm taping the, the pay-per-view at home anyway. This is a VHS tape. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so so i i got the hell out of dodge and then you know heard all about it the next day you know the phone phone was ringing nonstop, and i just said wow that's that's an awful long way to go just to get some some attention but uh boy they could they got the attention you know and and it helped it, it helped you know <laughs> just like the dark side episode it put it put xpw into the spotlight even if it was for you know a month or two months or so enough to get the name out there right yeah absolutely that yeah. is that is because I've, I've had many people from ecw on the show i've had messiah's side of the story as well it's so great getting your perspective because you were in a different part of the building and you could see it from where you were sitting. <laughs> I, right. I, that that yeah. is a fantastic point of view to get it from. Yeah. So excellent. And it says, well, what's going on here? You know, <laughs> what is happening? What's going on? Homeless Jimmy. Yeah. That was great. That was, that was, a, that's that'd be a memorable, memorable day. Man. Absolutely. Still talking about it 20 odd years later. So Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. And for everyone out there, you know, I know we've had ECW guys on the show that, that like to uh, leave out the fact that it was the ring crew or the street team that were getting beaten up. It wasn't the actual wrestlers. There's, no, there's no wrestlers. There, <laughs> there's no wrestlers. And that's that no. always gets conveniently left out. Ring uh, crew guys. And I think there may, may have been a girl in that uh, ring crew uh team that might have gotten uh, uh i don't know intentionally or unintentionally uh strict struck oh dear <laughs> yeah stricken you know um yes i wanted to kind of bring it to, to there's a point in your time in xpw where, where things obviously come to an end uh what was the situation that led you to leaving something that you know you you're really kind of ingrained in, you know, as fans, when, when we watch it, we always think of Chris Kloss and Larry Rivera, you know? Um, right. So, so what, what led you to leaving? Well, um, at the time I was, you know, again, the, the music thing, I was uh, involved with a, a local, a local band called Slow Rider. Uh, the band was, uh, you know, getting a lot of shows real popular and, 
you know, the, the whole thing about, you know, coming in on Wednesdays and not leaving till three in the morning was, was really starting to wear on me. And uh, there was, uh, a, you know, Wednesday when we were gonna do the show, when we were gonna uh, tape the TV show. And on that night, I also had a, a show booked with Slow Rider in Santa Monica, which is a, a town, you know, that's about a 35, 40 minute drive from the Valley where, where the, the XPW TV show is, where we were, you know, recording the wraparounds. So I told Kevin Kleinrock, I told him uh, on this particular Wednesday, I need to leave by, I think it was by like 10 o'clock because we were on at 11. So I said, okay, if I leave at 10, 10 o'clock, there's enough time, get there set up and ready to play. And, and uh, of course that, that night comes and, you know, I get there and nine o'clock, we're not even ready to go. 9.30, <laughs> no, we're near ready to go. 9.45 comes and I say, Kevin, man, I can't, I can't, you know, I got to go. I got to leave. I, I can't stay. And then, so, well, you gotta, you gotta tell Rob that. So I go in and tell Rob and, and Rob didn't take too kindly to that. He kind of, you know, blew a gasket and, uh, uh and, uh, you know, like really blew a gasket. And, and I said, you know, I, I, I don't need this anymore, man. I don't need it. You know, I'm not getting, I'm barely getting paid anything. This is, you know, more for glory. This is more for glory than anything, you know, having a, someone at Taco Bell, the Taco Bell cashier asked you for your autograph so she could give it to her boyfriend, you know, uh, that was the glory, man. You know, and of course, you know, being involved in, in the business, that's, that, that's, that was it for me. But, you know, I, I just said that that was, that was the wall. That was the wall that I hit. And I said, can't do it no more, man. I I will see you later. And I walked out, and I never went back. Wow, <laughs> fair enough, right? Now, it, it sounds totally... you know, it's it's it, sorry to interrupt. It. No. It, it sounds it sounds so trivial, you know, like some little thing, but it, it's hard to describe. It was just kind of like a, it was a bit something. It was building and building, and and finally, I said, Dad, can't can't do it anymore. Can't do it anymore. Yeah. I, I understand. I don't think it's trivial. Yeah. You, you you made your point of when you had to leave by and, and you know, if he's going to get angry at you when you already gave him that notice, then right. I, right. I understand where you're coming from. Um, right. So uh, looking back on your time at XPW, do you have one moment that you think is, this is the, your fondest memory of your time working with that company? Uh, gosh. Oh, man. Uh, Probably the, uh, you know, the king of the deathmatch tournament, uh, that, that first one at uh, Birmingham High School, that was, uh, you know, that, that I remember being there and getting that feeling inside of like, okay, man, this is, this company is going somewhere or, you know, not something we've, we, it was more like we have arrived, that, that we have arrived feeling 
and that like, you know, now that the, the, the rocket is ready to take off and uh, just the, 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 the reactions from the crowd, you know, Supreme taking the bump from that, on that ladder, you know, uh, that's, that's, that's probably that one memory. And then probably a, a, a close second is the debut of the Larry Rivera t-shirt, Chico, which I have here somewhere. But <laughs> I thought you'd be wearing it tonight, but. Uh, <laughs> I wish, I wish I can't find it anywhere online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome, but, Brian. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it, it's, it was a good, good time. Good, good. I have, I have good memories there. I mean, you know, it, it didn't end on such a great note, but, uh, you know, the memories for the most part that I have there, the are, are all good, all great. All the guys there, you know, chaos, Supreme, Klaus, uh, Kleinrock, uh, Rob Black, every, you know, everybody it was, uh, Tom, Tom Byron, <laughs> behind the scenes, Tom Byron, uh, you know, and all the, all the girls, Jessica Darling, and Christy Miss, uh, Veronica Kane, uh, all cool people, all, all good times. So, uh, let's, I mean, I, I haven't kept up on the, on the latest, uh, shows, you know, and I know there's one coming up here in, in California and, uh, next month, I believe. So that's right. Yeah, it's uh, coming yeah. up in April. Um, and that, that's something right. that I really wanted to ask about because, uh, you know, I before the first, uh, you know, the, 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 of the new XPW, the first show Rebirth last year, uh, there wasn't a lot of information online about who was going to be uh, calling the show. Uh, so, you know, a lot of our me and my some of my internet friends who are, are, are from uh, the US and have been a fan of XPW of the years were hoping for the return of of the Kloss Rivera duo. Um, <laughs> it was exciting to see Chris walk out because we weren't sure if he was going to be on the show or not. Um, you couldn't have it any other way. Uh, we were hopeful that he was going to be calling you out to the ring to join him, but alas, alas, that did not happen. Uh, were you approached at all to be a part of the show? Uh, is there a possibility in the future for you to to reunite with Chris, even if it's for one night only? Uh, I've I've been approached. I've been approached, but uh, like I've told uh, other promoters that have that have approached me over the last you know, 15, 18 years, uh, I'm pretty much retired from the uh, commentary uh, business. I mean, uh, I joke around and say like, maybe the only person that can maybe change my mind uh, would be Tony Khan. But uh, other than that, you know, I, yeah, I have no, my, my heart's not in it. You know, the business has changed so much, <clears throat> even within the last 10 years, it's, it's changed, uh, drastically. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm kind of like the old school guy. So, uh, you know, growing up watching in the late sixties and, uh, uh, early seventies. So, um, you know, I just, just not really don't, don't feel that, uh, 
that that passion that I do for the for the modern product. Although that show yesterday, man, was 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 damn good. A little long, four uh-huh. hours, I think, is is a little long for a for a for a pay per view. I think three hours is the perfect length. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, but uh, because by the time the you know that the Adam Cole and Adam Page match was on, it was like, oh man, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Especially so, if you watch the uh, the uh, the the buy-in, the pre-show. That's that fi- yeah. This was, was five hours for me. That's five but hours. We, we we did a review of the show on our YouTube channel, and <laughs> by the time we started doing the review, we were, I was like, that was a terrible review because we were both just exhausted. You, you after. just shattered. Yeah. yeah. Oh dear, <laughs> but I agree, and and, and also I um I I completely respect the fact that you know you have been approached, but you know that your heart won't be in it as it was many years ago. So right, and I don't want to you know I don't want to go out there because the fans will see you know that I'm just going through the motions. You know, after after an hour, they go, you know, the, the, the guy doesn't want to be here. You know, and and it's it's i'd rather have you know the good memories have the good memories and and uh you know uh like what uh, a lot of what i enjoy now is the is the all the books you know like scott teal i don't know crowbar press all those the the history stuff that you can get the tim hornbaker books uh all the photo books you know the that that you can get uh so, you know, that's that's where where my heart is in in terms of uh, pro wrestling. You know, call me a, a nostalgist or you know, I refuse to look forward. But that's just you know, that's that's how it is. Throw me in there with Jim Cornette. You know, <laughs> yeah, I completely <laughs> understand what you're talking you know, about. Yeah, I mean, I've been kind of forced to to stay involved in what's going on today, but I prefer the old stuff. Um, right. So uh, for anyone out there who, who is a, a, a fan of yours, fan of your time in XPW, let everyone know what, is, what you're up to these days. What's going on in, in your world, sir? Well, you know, just coming out of the cocoon, man, after <laughs> uh, the pandemic. Uh, you know, uh, tomorrow night, your tomorrow night, uh, Wednesday night, uh, the ninth here in, in Los Angeles will be the, I think the first night that I go out to any kind of social event in the first time in like pretty much two years. Wow. Uh, and it's, it's um, uh, a documentary about the Olympic auditorium. It's called the yeah, 18th and grand, the Olympic auditorium story. I believe that's the title. And uh <clears throat> Uh, produced and directed by uh, Steve Dubro, and he actually uh, used a photo that I took of Roddy Piper in uh, 1976. So he's using he used that for the movie. So that's where I'm going to be on Wednesday night, and that's the first time I've gone out, man, li- literally. So my wife and I we just like hole up and and you know. I've turned her into a wrestling fan. She watches, uh, she watches AEW. She's a big Miro fan, so uh, <laughs> so uh, 
Uh, yeah, man. I mean, unfortunately, I don't have much to to say in regards <laughs> to that question. You know, uh, it's almost what you see is what you get. So, uh, yeah, just listening to records, reading books, trying to stay, uh, trying to stay thin. Yep. You know, and those twelve ounce curls. You know, too much of those. And <laughs> Good so, call, bro. Um, yeah. Awesome, bro. Well, uh, we're getting right to the end here of the interview here, so I really appreciate your time. Uh, the, the final part of the interview, I have a, a little segment where there's 12 quick fire questions for quick fire answers. It's just to learn what your favorite this, your favorite that, favorite, you know, um, okay. different, different type of thing. But I have fun with people when we, we have people on the show here with this segment. It's called Five right, Second so Frenzy. Uh, the, the first one here on the segment is, who is your favorite professional wrestler of all time? Uh, I would have to probably say John Tolis, the Golden Greek. The Golden Greek. Excellent. John Tolis. Yes. Excellent. Now, you know, I, uh, uh, fear. Fear was, he would instill fear in you, man, like no <laughs> one else. You know, and I wish there was there's uh, vintage L.A. stuff on YouTube with Tolis. Unfortunately, there isn't. I think he might find audio on YouTube, right. but uh, God, I wish there was video, man. He was he was just just superb, superb. Yeah. Awesome. I'll, I'll see if I can help you out with that because I'm a part of a, a forum that uh, has footage of, of, of different stuff that you can't find uh, right. in a lot of places. So I'll see what cool. I can do. Awesome. Um, no problem, bro. Uh, the, the next one is, you know, from your perspective, favorite match you've ever witnessed uh, in your time in pro wrestling? Uh, I, I think I have to... I, Two, I have to, you know, I can't have one. I have to I always answer that with two. Um, Bob Backlund, or no, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, Pat Patterson, Sergeant Slaughter, Ali Fight. Oh, yep, yep. Uh, and uh, Tiger, Tiger Mass Dynamite Kid, I believe April 83, the one where, where uh, the kid has the light green has the light green jumper on and he takes that 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 whip the irish whip into the uh into the guardrail and right the guardrail, you know yeah those yep. two those are the two right there yeah yeah the the, the patterson sarge matches is fantastic i must that's, say yeah <laughs> uh, just just the pinnacle the pinnacle of how the, the crowd is just going going ballistic yeah absolute yeah. pandemonium right <laughs> um yeah. moving away from wrestling now bro do you have a favorite book oh my favorite book uh probably the godfather mario puzo fantastic choice uh favorite tv show get smart <laughs> excellent choice uh <laughs> favorite film Jaws. Another excellent choice. Uh, the next one might be a tough one for you. Favorite musical artist or band? Ooh. Okay. 
<laughs> Artist would be a Jaco Pastorius. Band would be the Minutemen. Ah, very cool. Uh, San, Pe- San, San Pedro's finest. Of course. Uh, moving away from the arts now, favorite food? Cheeseburger. Ah, oh, fantastic choice. Uh, favorite place to eat on the road? Oh, man. Oh, God. I wish there was a Tommy's in every city, but there isn't. Uh, oh, man. Mickey D's. I'm going to have to <laughs> break down with the Mickey D's, man. McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, do you have a favorite alcoholic beverage? Uh. IPAs. Very nice. IPAs down here in California, there's 9 million of them. So a nice, strong uh, India Pale Ale. (laughs) Yes. A a dub, make it a double. (laughs) Yeah. Double IPA. Nice. Uh, The second last one here for five second frenzy is favorite female body part. You look at at an attractive lady. Where, Where will your eyes go to first? The gams. The legs. Fantastic. Good choice. The legs. Excellent. And uh, the, the final one here, sir. I don't think you, you've said one curse word on this show, uh, but the, this question is your favorite curse word. Oh, shit. Of course. <laughs> Poopy, Mr. Poopy Pants. Shit. <laughs> and that's, well, you know, dude, man, when, when I was a kid, you never saw cussing on TV. Now it's like, uh, you know, <laughs> and I like all the blood, the blood and the cussing is like trips me out. But uh, especially like, you know, uh, uh, CM Punk is a great bleeder. Yeah. You know, on TV, man, we got hit with that ring. And I don't know if that was hard way. I'm wondering if that was hard way or, or, you know, if that was Don Fargo would be proud. Yeah, he, he, uh, (laughs) absolutely, bro. He was the crimson mask yesterday. (laughs) Man, oh man. Uh, Larry Rivera, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me here today, tonight for you. Uh, it's, it's really been a, an honor for me to have the chance to talk to you, to learn a bit about your experience in pro wrestling and in music and all that. You're a really nice guy. You've got such a great personality. And uh, I just want to let you know from all the way, the most isolated city in the world here, Perth, Western Australia, you've got a fan of yours right here. So I really appreciate it, sir. Mr. California. That, thank you. And uh, one, one last note uh, to just a, 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 a Salute to the great uh, Australian wrestling of the late 60s, uh, Jim Barnett, you know, uh, your guys, Mario Milano and Spirio Sarion, uh, Mark Lewin, uh, Abdullah the Butcher. And I've recently just uh, watched, uh, gotten some tapes with that. Uh, well, tapes, uh, discs, some DVDs with some of the, the, the old Aussie wrestling. So, uh, uh, you guys, you guys knew what was happening way back then, man. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah. certainly did, pray. And uh, absolutely, man. And th- thank you for the compliments. And again, yeah. thank you for being on the show. Absolutely.
Thank you, California. It's a pleasure. To the fans down under, cheers. Thank you. Excellent, bro. Thank you all out there for checking out my interview here with the one and only Larry Rivera. I'm California. This was the Insider's Edge, and we will see you down the road. Thank you.